0: Okay, hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. Today is February 23rd, and I'm, I was out earlier this morning. It was like 50 some odd degrees, and I hear now it's going to be in the 70s, not exactly February in Baltimore. I hope everybody is doing well. I know that uh, those of us in the East Coast who have good weather, um, there are many of our friends out in California where I saw there's Just incredible storms, even in LA, big snowstorms, tracking out to west and then up high, and then up to Maine. So uh, in the south, it's record warm temperatures. Places like Baltimore were probably 40 degrees above normal. So it's a crazy world, but I hope everyone's doing well wherever you guys are. And what I wanted to, um, the topic this week is learning or teaching 2023. And, I think one of the things all of us do know is that teaching and training is changing. Now, the truth of the matter is it's always changing, right? So uh, in and of itself, that's not a great surprise to any of us, but I think it's the speed of change in everything else. So let me t- tell you three things that I've thought about or heard about in the last three days and why those things are impacting what we do. and it makes you think about change so one thing the hottest thing chat gpt right um, everything is the the computer now some of the software openai and microsoft and google uh, where computers can create all the articles themselves do all the research do all the writing and look like it's a, a scientific publication well it's not really that good of course and although it was with great fanfare, with Microsoft brought it out, when you look carefully, it often gave stupid answers to questions. Um, when you look at it, it doesn't tell you where it got the answer from, which is another challenge of writing an article, perhaps you're just plagiarizing someone else's article, uh, but you realize it's not where it needs to be, but it's going in that direction. If of a, a kid or adult can just simply create a paper without doing any reading or any work, you can imagine the difficulty schools are gonna have because now education is gonna be hard to measure people on because, you know, just, and maybe that's a good thing because measuring on on a test maybe is not that good. Remember, ChatGPT, there's articles everywhere. It passed the radiology boards in the US, passed the radiology boards in England, pass a number of different exams, which perhaps tells you that if a computer could simply just do a little bit of research and come up with all the answers and pass an exam like it was you, that perhaps is a problem because what we're trying to train you on and what we're trying to test you on is more than simply spitting up something that you could look up. And so perhaps it's going to force change Remember, radiology, we had the oral boards. Now we have the written boards, right? We always have written and oral, but you had to take an oral board where they would quiz you. You know, you'd take eight sections, seven cases a section. There'd be a lot of, uh, uh, you know, learning how to answer a question, learning how to talk with a clinician, everything else. Now it's like you look at it a pancreatic mass and, and ABCD is it neuroendocrine? Is it adeno? Is it all the above? It's a big difference. You don't need to know that much to answer A, B, C, D. You Surely no one can measure how you're thinking. You could guess right or just know that it has to be this answer. Uh, that's a challenge. So perhaps the things that we chat GPT, which will have impact, is beginning to have impact, and it's not clear how the impact is going to uh, move forward, uh, perhaps it's going to force us to rethink how we actually grade people how do we choose people for colleges or medical school all the thing that's based on scores and tests and the written word perhaps that written word is not really what that person could do but it's what chat gp2 can do gpt can do and there's been many articles written over the past couple of weeks about that and i think um the reality is that time will really tell us where things are going, but you can see the challenge. The second thing is we had a speaker the other day, the head of Baxby Coffee, uh, speak with us about his educational program that in one sense you can say that he's done for more than a decade, but built around coffee and That seems kind of funny, but the process was, instead of telling people how to do entrepreneurship, how to build something, how to learn as a team player, Nick Bayer, who's the CEO and founder of Saxby's, basically has developed a way where you actually have people running a cafe, which is a million dollar venture, and hiring people and managing and running it like a business and taking six months off, getting semester credit for it, but again doing something like that. And where he did it, I remember we spoke to us seven or eight years ago, 2016 to be exact, um, he spoke about, was it Drexel? One place, one cafe. I remember he was starting a second cafe. Now is in multiple institutions from Boston University to Pittsburgh down to Morgan State, and I mean, down to Bowie State uh, in Maryland. Now, Bowie State, and I'll just use that as an example, is a traditional all-black college, not exactly that anymore, but the graduation rate is about 17%. It's not a great success story. There's a lot of work being done to try to make it better, but he made the point that whoever does his program, now maybe it's self-selecting who does it, but they have a hundred percent graduation rate. Seventeen to fifty would be unbelievable, but seventeen to a hundred is just unbelievable, unbelievable. So his thing is getting people involved and making them work. Basically what he's doing is something that was done a hundred years ago. It was apprenticeships. You wanted to learn how to be a plumber, you wanted to learn how to put uh, you know, the the rings on the horses, the, uh, the hoofs, you train with someone you want to be a carpenter, you train with someone. So he's bringing back entrepreneurship. He's bringing it back in a way of training people by doing, not by taking exam in a book. Now, one thing chat GPT can't do is train you hands on. It can get the right answers you know what what percent of, uh, of, of a thousand is 15 I mean you could do a lot of things but it's not going to be there telling you here's how to order coffee or or actually doing it in a way that you could fail or succeed where the input and all the information comes to you from multiple sources so perhaps this exponential learning is really the antithesis of uh, chat gpt where everything is hands-on everything is learning but it's also doing the other conversation i had looking at uh, and by the way that article there will be an article from nick bayer uh, with linda chu and uh, steve Rowe and elias uh, lugo oliveria hopefully in the next month or two so you'll be able to read about it It was just terrific terrific talk The third thing is I was having a conversation and doing some work with an almost four-year-old and an almost six-and-a-half-year-old and looking at how they're learning and how they're interested in learning. So one of the things is that traditional learning probably doesn't work well with them. They're very visually oriented because they know how to use computers. It's the first generation when computers were part of your life, not something added on. You were born with high bandwidth. And so going and my grandson looking at the phone, finding stuff, or looking um, online is not something that's unnatural. For more senior people it's probably a challenge, but here Here it becomes just baseline. And so they're used to being able to find the information themselves, look for the information they want to see, and then expect to interact with that information. They're not in a situation where they're um, learners just sitting back in their seats. They want to learn interactively. I had a discussion looking at building Legos, okay? These are, I'm not good at building Legos, but it's all computer now. You can look at your iPhone or iPad, you should look at any more real estate, and it shows you how to build the pieces, the parts, then adding, adding, adding on to do it in a very successful manner. So now you're not just given the Legos, but you're showing how to do it. So it's training by doing it, And you don't need to have an adult with you. You can be doing it by yourself because the adult's just screaming and cursing. Um, The computer is quiet and always is having a good day. So that's the other thing. Listening to the kids, you realize that the old way of doing education, the traditional way, I think the word tradition alone is a negative. people are not really looking at tradition that's like um, fiddler on the roof you know tradition this is the way we've always done things i think tradition really has a problem and i think a lot of schools a lot of businesses a lot of everything that simply is stuck on this is the way we always do it and these are the rules i think institutions that are rigid very successful institutions that classically we do it this way because we've done it this way for a hundred years are in trouble because people really aren't looking for what you've done they're looking for what you're going to do but you have many people in power who are simply the ultimate bureaucrats and their strength isn't saying no their strength is not in saying yes or let's try it give it a run and let's see what happens I think the next generation, the generation of kids in school now, beginning in pre-K and one and five and everywhere else, are not listening to your stories of walking to school and walking home uphill in both directions. They know that's a bunch of nonsense. They kind of look at you like you're a crazy person. They want to know what it is we're doing today and where we're going tomorrow. They want to know why not? Why can't we do it this way? What do you mean, no? They are the ultimate people in questioning authority. They're the ultimate people in questioning the status quo. I think most education is the status quo we've always done the training this way and I think that is going to be a problem because the status quo is not going to work. If you want to engage people you have to engage them where they are and challenge them. Simply doing yesterday's battle, we published an article uh, you know, on education just a couple weeks ago entitled, uh, I think it was JSCR, talking about how fighting yesterday's war you know, uh, in World War II, the French lost in about a few days. They both, that big Maginot line, right, because they thought Germany was going to attack like they did in World War I. Well, that was World War I. You were fighting World War I. Germany simply went around the, the barriers. And so, you know, then you're on the other side and you were captured. Um, it's a classic thing. You're fighting yesterday's battles. You're not looking for tomorrow. And I think the kids, I think our trainees, I think people who will be our trainees are looking very closely at where things are going tomorrow, not where things were yesterday. And I think if we do education, we better make certain we're not fighting yesterday's battles or we're going to be in trouble. And with that, let me say hi to Lidiana. I have, Lidiana, we keep trying to reach each other. Lidiana's out in Palo Alto. I hope it's. I hope it's not getting any snow in Palo, Palo Alto or crazy weather that I was reading about in the paper. But um, hope everyone is doing well, and um, we'll see you next time. You got any comments, suggestions, thoughts? Please let us know, and we'll get back to you. Bye, guys.